Everybody, and welcome to this next edition of TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. All right, awesome. Happy Monday, everybody. On this late Monday in February, it's going to be an awesome one for you. We have an awesome, we have a man of many hats here today as a guest. It's going to be fantastic, you know. But first, of course, you know me, Martin Motivation, and we got my co host, Penny Smooth Shoes, in the building. What's up, Kenny? Nothing much, living the dream. You know, so we got Josh, Josh Masters in the building. What's up, Josh? What's going on? Awesome. All right. So now this guest is a wonderful, special guest. I mean, this is probably one of the most hardest working individuals that's out there. Anything you ask, he can get this done. Talk about getting stuff done. All right. Let's meet the man, Edwin Masters. What's up, Edwin? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Derek? Uh, Kenny, Josh, what's up? So my name, for uh, everybody that don't know me, my name is Edwin Masters, uh, raised, in, raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I'm 30 years old, uh, currently live in Louisiana on the North Shore, and uh, like Derek said, uh, I wear many hats, and I'm sure we'll talk about that <laughs> uh, in a little bit. you love to see it. Um, yeah, so... Um, for the people that don't, um, for maybe the people like on the internet that don't know you as Edwin Masters, um, uh, I, you do a lot of photography and stuff like that. Have you, ha, what's your, what's your photography plugin? Uh, what do you go by? Yeah. So, um, as a photographer, I go by, some people know me as Edwin, you know, the, the people that know me personally know me as Edwin Masters. But uh, I'm also known as Kodak Dad. That's how you can find me on Instagram. Um, I think like all my Gmail accounts are Kodak Dad. It's just a little thing that I, I kind of started that uh, like to teach people how to be photographers and videographers that are just like everyday people. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, just the dad that wants to catch a Kodak moment uh, per se, you know, and be able to teach them and educate them on how to use their camera, how to use their phone, how to just use whatever the hell they have. Uh, in their person to get awesome, awesome shots. Yeah, you love to see it. I think you and uh, Kenny could probably relate a lot, you know, to the photography, oh, yeah. and videography stuff. Um, yeah, uh, I think Derek knows a little bit about photography. I'm clueless. Uh, that's not my um, expertise. But um, all right, so to we're definitely going to get into the photography and videography later within this episode. But uh, for starters, um, I know you did a brief introduction. Um, go ahead and uh, tell you know tell the viewers, tell us you know about yourself and you know where how would you get to where you're at now? Yeah. So, like I said, I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm not old at all. You know, I'm still still very uh, much in my prime. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I'm a father of a 12 year old, 12 year old boy, Trace. And I'm about to be the father of a little girl, uh, Rowan, Rowan Kate. She's actually going to be born tomorrow, Tuesday. Speaking um, of Trace, I've physically seen some of the work. So. Yeah. Yeah. Tr yeah. Trace, Trace, like all these cats, I'm sure y'all saw Trace when he was like a little bitty. Now he's like as tall as me. It's ridiculous. 
I um, see him when he's not even physically next to me. So. Right. It, it was awesome. You know, it's awesome to see them grow. So I'm kind of like starting over uh, in that sense. I have a 12-year-old now about to have a, uh, a infant. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. But um, about 12, young. 11, 12 years ago, I, I was in the uh, United States Army uh, serving as an infantryman. I did a uh, brief stint in that and then uh, got out, ETSed out the military. Um, I never deployed while I was in, but I definitely did learn a lot of lessons uh, that still still stay with me today. Um, and one of the, the biggest things while I was in, in the Army, like it just made me have a uh, sense of service and sense of like helping helping others and helping the community. So with that, when I got out of the military, I immediately joined law enforcement, uh, which I still do that at, on a full-time basis today. So I've been in law enforcement roughly 10 years now. Um, worked at the jail for a little bit. Uh, worked on a uh, SWAT team in New Orleans for a little while. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, now, now I'm with a uh, smaller, uh, like smaller town uh, police department in Louisiana and it's, it's, it's cool, you know, so I'm starting to get older, you know, so it, it's definitely cool to be in like a smaller agency now, uh, to kind of do you, and, and ride it out. You like the time more? What is it that's better about the going to the smaller town to the big city? Yeah. So What's a big city, um, a big city, my, you can make a, you can make an impact anywhere. Uh, it's all about like what what is your drive and whatnot and how strong is your why to make to make an impact. Um, I think while I was in New Orleans, I did make an impact. But if you want to, I feel like you can make a larger impact in a smaller town. Start there. You could be a uh, you could be a very large fish in a small pond very quickly. Um, I like that. Yeah. I, could, I could get to know everybody um, in my town. Pretty much everybody knows me. I know everybody here. Uh, you know, including criminals, like they, we, we know each other, we have a respect for each other, the whole nine yards. And you don't typically get yeah. that in New Orleans. You might find, you might see somebody new every day, every day. You might work yeah. there 20 years and see somebody new. So I like the aspect that it's, it's smaller and I can get to know my community uh, more in depth, you know, and uh, I make a difference. Definitely. Actually be a leader. Definitely. Yeah. And um, during your time, <clears throat> sorry, during your time in the military, and then transitioning into law enforcement, um, what leadership skills do you think you've developed as as time went on that you still implement to this day? Yeah. Um. So I I would say somebody told me this while I was in the army, and it still sticks with me today. Uh, they said, hey, you know, if you ever become a sergeant, which I never did, I never was a sergeant in the army. But I'm a sergeant now in law enforcement, so I, I use this to this day. But they said, you know, you look at your NCOs, you look at your, uh, you know, your different leadership, you take the best qualities of, of your best leaders, in your opinion, of your best leaders, take the quality of the shittiest leaders that you ever had, you know, those people that you hate yeah. working for, and then you find a middle ground in that and, and try to make the best from those examples that you have. And, uh, that's, that's what I do. I definitely don't, <laughs> I don't try to 
uh, implement any shitty qualities that I've learned. But when I say meet it in the middle, is that way you're aware of it. You're aware of those shitty qualities because anytime you, you get ranked or anything like that and you're in charge of people, that ego is going to come out at times, right? And you don't want that to translate into your, your subordinates. You don't want them to look at you like, hey, he's an egotistical freaking asshole and he, you know, he's just a douchebag and doesn't, doesn't help his guys. You know, that's, that's not who I am. That's not who I'll ever be. And that's because I had leadership like that in the military and I had leadership like that in law enforcement and I know exactly what never to be to my guys. Um, Take the good, leave the bad. Absolutely. But you have to be aware of the bad and you have to be aware that it is bad in order for you to implement it to what you're doing. That's facts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I've never served in the military, but, you know, being in law enforcement for eight years, you know, I have seen good and bad supervision, uh, you know, had more managers than actual leaders. Uh, You know, I'm not knocking, you know, anybody that I've worked for, um, but I've definitely had more managers than leaders. Um, So if I ever get into that position one day, you know, I, I definitely would agree, you know, finding that common ground. And then implementing your own solution and your, you know, mm-hmm. leading and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. So now transitioning more to, um, you know, what you do on the side. Uh, you're a photographer, videographer. Uh, tell us and the viewers how you got transitioned into that and you know your success in doing that. Yeah. So this is this is a little bit of a long story. How how all this got started. So I'll. Uh, Try to break it down uh, uh, as much as possible. But, uh, yeah, so being in law enforcement, um, I don't think I was in the military long enough to like actually suffer with any type of PTSD or anything like that, or you know any super traumatic events. You know, I wasn't deployed, so I didn't see all that. But going into New Orleans, working in law enforcement, I did get to see a fair share of uh, crazy situations. Um, saw death. Uh, I saw, I saw myself bleeding. Um, that I got stabbed in 2014 while working in the jail. Um, that I had to get rushed to the hospital. Guy cut my artery on my arm, and I was bleeding out. I dealt with that situation. Um, didn't really think I had PTSD from it. Uh, but yeah, it's traumatic as hell. Yeah, I mean it is. You know, it, it, it definitely is. Right. You know, it, it definitely it definitely is super traumatic and I think it would be for a lot of other people too. But I handle yeah. stress differently. Uh and it's physically traumatic to your body. Right. It was. Yeah, it it definitely was. Um but I felt like I think I was like twenty four at the time when that happened and I kinda of, like I, I kinda of just shrugged it off. I just I was in that mindset where I was always working always away from home. Um, uh, like I wanted to get back right, to work. Right, right. I, I, they wanted me, they wanted me off of work for like a while, especially they were like, you know, make sure you go get mental health and all that, that you possibly need. And, uh, I was just like, yeah, no, I need to get back to work. Cause that's how I cope with shit. Um, I have to stay, stay focused on something else. Cause if I sit at home or anything like that, then I start focusing on the bad shit, you know? So, getting back to work or, or trying to focus on, on something is, is what helped me, I guess, get through it. 
and that's what I did. I went right back to work. Like probably, uh, I want to say it was like four days after the incident. Like I still had stitches in my arm. How uh, deep was the cut? It was it was super deep. Like uh, internally wise. Like you could kind of see it on that. Uh, I still have a scar to this day on my arm, and he <laughs> he actually stabbed me six times. Uh, that was just the worst one where he cut my artery. Uh, what was the deepest cut? Do you know? The one on my arm. Yeah, I mean it. It, it was down like in there. Josh half. Yeah. yeah. It yeah, might have been deeper than that night. Yeah. Yeah, Josh. Josh you and, got uh, stitched. So yeah, they didn't they, physically get a link. That sucks, man. Yeah. Well, they had to um, clamp my artery. Like as soon as uh, as soon as I went into the trauma trauma room at university. Uh, they like clamped it down to stop the bleeding because then they had a gunshot victim that came in like right after my incident and they had to go go into emergency surgery for that. So I'm just sitting with like a little uh, little clamp on my arm. You know? Did you have a tourniquet going into it? So while I was in the jail and when it happened, um, we were fighting with the dude and was, we, we were sliding around in blood and whatnot. And I'm just like, the hell? Like wh- who, who's bleeding? Like I didn't know who the hell was bleeding. And we're sliding around and all right this and then I look down and I see the blood shooting out of my arm. Gosh. So I knew right there I was like, okay, I have an arterial bleed. Um, goes back to the military training. I knew it was an arterial bleed, and I, for a second, uh, I kind of went into shock for a second, and I had to snap. Sure. My, I had to just like be like, all right, a tough city, you got fucking stabbed, but you're you're dealing with a, a subject that's trying to kill your ass. So. Survival, and and let's let's get through the fight. Um, so that's what I did. And then as soon as we uh, handcuffed him, I took the shank out of his hand and I put it in my pocket. And then I immediately took off my uh, my black shirt that I had, and I had like a wife beater on under it. But I took off that black shirt, I stuffed it into my arm, and then wrapped it around my arm and just held it with my my teeth and made like a makeshift tourniquet out of it. Uh, I did that until I got to university, and then they they were able to you know clamp it up and, and do their thing, and they took great care of me there. But uh, but right, you know so I was just in the moment, and uh, uh, you know I lived through it. I survived. Uh, you know, there's other people that have dealt with way worse. You know, getting shot or anything like that. That was that's my traumatic experience uh, in law enforcement. On top of wow. like all the the gore. And seeing all like the worst in people, because that's what you see a lot of times when you get yeah. called to a house or anything like that. You're seeing the worst, you know. Uh, you might be going to a domestic where, you know, a, a, a wife just found out that the husband cheated, you know, or whatever the case may be, and he's ready to kill everybody because he can't accept that he messed up or whatever. So now you have to calm that situation down, and it's literally the worst day for that particular person. So then you have to come in there as an unbiased uh, individual and try to calm that down. And it can be very traumatic on the mind, uh, dealing with that on a constant basis. Um, Mental health. Absolutely. You know, uh, so I'm a big advocate for law enforcement on like, you know, reaching out and talking uh, to people when you're, uh, you know, because the thing is with law enforcement, they say, you know, nobody wants to go get help because they're afraid they're going to lose their badge and their gun. Um, which some agencies, it may be true. Um, I know ours, for instance, will get you the help you need and your job will be waiting. 
for you, you know, so we pride ourselves in that because we want to make sure that you're, you're good to go. Um, you're good to, to help out the community. But I say all that to say, you know, with me, I, I dealt, dealt with a lot of traumatic experiences. So like when I was off or whatever the case may be, you know, some started thinking about all the traumatic things I've been through. It's never a good thing to do, sit around thinking about that. So something was like kind of driving me to want to explore a different avenue or, or explore a hobby or whatever it was. And, you know, I remember my grandfather growing up, he always had a camera in his hand. He was always videoing everything for us. Like we have so many uh, collections of DVDs and VHS uh, tapes. Just time of childhood memories. Yeah. You know, and I was like, Hey, I, I, I had my phone at the time. It was like an iPhone uh, eight or no whatever matter. it was, you know, and I started getting on YouTube, learning how to make like cool little cinematic videos with my, uh, with my iPhone. And I literally best, all that the best stuff. camera is the one in your hand. Yeah, absolutely. Start with what you have. So like I started doing that and then I fell in love with it. Like I truly fell in love with creating. Um, and like the, the videos I was making, I started that probably 2017 when I started like doing all that. And they, they, they look garbage, <laughs> you know, compared to what I do now. But that's where I started and it, it helped me cope with all the, the trauma. It helped me, uh, become better it helped me become a better leader because i have something to focus you know and, and and put my passion into rather than just sitting here and thinking about all the terrible shit awesome gives you an outlet absolutely and uh what's your what's your business called so my business is called masters photo and video where I offer photography, still photography services and videography. And when I do videography, I usually do, uh, I could do music videos. I could do, uh, I do like promotional videos for businesses and whatnot. And uh, th this is my website right here. You can see this was an engagement and uh, maternity shoot. That's my backdrop, a little bit about me. Kind of goes over what I just talked to, talked to y'all about. Um, and then just a couple of my sample pictures that I've taken uh, for different clients. Yeah. And so I love to travel. You'll see, you'll see some of that. I think I have some pictures, like Chicago is one of my, like my favorite cities. And I'll go to Chicago literally just to take pictures. Like, cause it's just, I, it's you just really got the vibe. Oh yeah. Like it, it, it's, it's a cool city that has just like great, you know, grit to it, you know? And I love, yeah. I love a city with that, that type of, uh, that type of ruggedness, you know what I'm saying? And just go out there and capture that. Yeah. So you went out yeah. there and, and, and got turned a hobby into a business. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. So, so I guess, uh, uh, in, yeah. Cause, a cause I know you were talking, a mission. Yeah. Cause I know you were talking about how, um, how you said that you, you know, eventually wanted to, I guess, you know, share, share stories and stuff. Talk about what's going on within law enforcement. You said, correct. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and um, how did how did that evolve into I guess what you're doing now when it comes to the uh, videography photography? How did that evolve? Yeah, so um, really just like you know like the the passion of like just creating. Um, that's where it starts from. Like a passion, uh, if I could describe it for for make everybody. something out of nothing. 
Yeah, literally. Like, just like a, a huge forest fire could start from a single spark or start from a cigarette butt that wasn't fully uh, extinguished. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how things happen. That's how uh, any huge business like freaking Amazon was like a, a little tiny little bushfire. Now what is it? You know, you, you look at the, the stock of Amazon yes. back in 1997 or whenever it started, it was like freaking, uh, what was it, like $100 a share. Now it's like 3500 you know, and that's not exact numbers or anything, but it's just crazy. So, and I say that to say with this, like I started it as a, like a coping mechanism per se to deal with trauma because it brought me joy, right? It brings me joy when I'm able to go out there, capture something, capture a video and then move somebody by showing them what I created, right? So I, I do a video for them or I take pictures for them and they're like, oh, wow, that's so great. That, that's awesome. I, I love what you did there. And that's, that's, that's the payment for me. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's payment. Like I, I collect payment from people strictly because I have to pay bills, you know, for it. But the payment is their enjoyment. The payment is, is literally the, the passion that I have for this. And that's, that's how it kind of grew. You know, it grew from literally nothing just on YouTube all day. I invested a little bit in myself to learn a bit more. I, uh, I upgraded my equipment. And now it's, it's just university of YouTube. Oh yeah. YouTube university is like the best. Oh yeah. The best. It's better than a college degree. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, love I, it. I as a, as a college student finishing up, if I don't understand something in my coursework, YouTube is my first resource that I go to. Oh, for sure. And like I said, like I said, in the video I did with y'all, I could learn more about a particular subject in an eight minute YouTube video than an eight week course, mm -hmm. you know? So absolutely. I mean, that, Ab yeah. And I, I could go into a big old spiel about college and how I think it's a scam. Uh, mind you, I'm in college. Right now. Like I go to Delgado uh, university for, a, I'm pursuing a business administration. I couldn't um, agree with you more though. You know, and, and I have GI bill benefits, so why not get it? You know, but just like Josh is saying, like, I'm going to echo that. You can go to YouTube and literally find out more than a whole entire semester, probably in about two hours. Any skill, trade, anything that's it's been in textbooks or it's been out there, someone has elaborated on it and put it into many different forms so people can understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Many yeah. Different ways. Yeah. yeah, because I know a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you good. Uh, I said, yeah, because I know a lot of times uh, some people are usually looked down upon. I know uh, in the past for looking up something on YouTube, like, uh, like you know, I used to, you know, coach used to find different various drills or mm -hmm. learning how to do something on YouTube. And people used to be like, oh, man, you just got that off of YouTube. It's like, well, how's, you know, I mean, it's a way to learn. What are you just born with the knowledge? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, like, well, well, if you also you know, because there, because there's so many people who are really great at their craft that are willing to share what they do for free uh, for folks on YouTube, on mm -hmm. platforms like YouTube. And it'll pay off. It'll pay off even though you, you get, you don't have the degree. There, there's more people, more multi-billionaires in this country, in this world that don't have a single damn degree. Ellen in China right now, they're training kids. At ages, I'd say as early as probably between 9 and 11, going into their teens already to be professional YouTubers. People can keep mm -hmm. laughing. 
about YouTube. But in China right now, they teach kids actually get a ring light in front of them, all that, and are teaching them a proper way to do yeah. YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Hold on one second. So, all right. So, um, obviously, you took a hobby, uh, turned it into a, a skill or a craft. Um, you know, and some people, you know, they find themselves very good at particular things, but they may be a little timid on stepping out and turning that craft into a business and, you know, um, a source of income uh, that can help them gather more tools to the trade that I like to say. Uh, so what made you decide to take that leap and start your own photography, videography business? Um, the, the biggest thing was like the, the value I see in myself. Um, if you don't start there, then like you, you're not, you're never going to take that leap. You're never going to take that leap of faith. Uh, it, it, it takes guts. It takes, um, self-worth. Yeah, absolutely. You got to know that. Uh, like what I like to say, I like to say, uh, take inventory in yourself, know what your skills are, uh, like do a little that. market research, go out there and be like, Hey, what are the other photographers? What are the other videographers in the area? What are they doing? And then you look at some of your work and you're like, Hey, I, I do shit that's maybe better than them or do shit about equivalent to what they have. You know what I'm saying? And if it, if it's that, Hey, there's a market for it. People are buying it from them. Why can't they buy it from you? And yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, you'll never be perfect, right? You, you're never, you're never going to get to perfection. It's always a constant learning game. Like, 10 years from now, I'm sure my, my videography is going to look a lot different. And, uh, shit, I might be a director. That's, that's the ultimate goal. I want to be a fucking film director. You know what I'm saying? And I might get there in 10 years, but I'm not there yet. But I shouldn't stop myself from achieving that goal strictly because, you know, I'm scared to get out there and do it. You just got to get out there and do it. And, and if you fail, you fail. But guess what? It's never really a failure. It's just a learning, learning lesson. That's all it is. And That's you part of learning. Absolutely. But like I tell people, like if you have a skill or say you, you don't know how to get it, a little bit of money, go look at your YouTube search history and see what the top things you look at. It'll actually do, have a recommendation on the shit you look at. If you're looking at garbage or you're looking at stupid shit then it probably won't be really nothing that's uh that the algorithm is actually catching but if it's a constant thing that you show interest in that might be something you're passionate about start a business on that keep learning keep building your craft and you'll get there that's what's up you love to see it um all right so we're moving into the fab four questions that we do for every podcast uh, okay. These are four questions that we ask. Number fifty-five. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and turn, give the torch to number Ray 55. Lewis. Lean in at. No, I'm just playing. Yeah, I'll let I'll let. Lean in and, at uh, fifty-five golden take these, pounds. Take these fab four questions that he came up with himself. You got the torch, D. All right, all right. So, so at the fab four. Um. So I guess the first question is, is what was your biggest what was your biggest challenge um, that, that you faced, uh, whether it's from a business perspective or just a life perspective that you that you faced that you had to overcome? Yeah, so I would say it's, it's how to balance um, how to balance your personal life, how to balance your passions and how to balance your work life. Um, like I have I have to be a father, I have to be a good boyfriend, I have to be 
you know, a good uh, sergeant to my people at work. I have to be a good photographer for my clients. Um, you have to learn how to balance that. Uh, be, be aware of it and, and just start there. Be aware that, hey, you can't bring your struggles home to work. Uh, you can't bring your struggles from work to home. And, uh, and just balance it out. Like be, be intentional with whoever you're with and whenever you have the time to be with them. Okay. I like it. Uh, I like it. That balance. I like it. Um, and what was your biggest, uh, what's your biggest reward that you get? Um, just, just out of what you're doing now or that you, that you've gotten in the past, which like, which is your biggest reward, which just makes you feel great. Um, the biggest thing that makes me feel great is just, uh, is when I see a smile on people's faces by whatever I'm doing for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if I, if I give them a, uh, a product, give them a video and you know, they're, they're, they're just happy about it. They're like, Oh, this is everything I wanted that I know I accomplished my job. Or if I see them crying or whatever the case may be, I know like I was able to bring that emotion out or whatever that, the video that I gave them. That's, that's everything to me. Um, when I'm with my, with my son and spending time with him, like that, that's seeing the smile on his face while we're discussing all the things that we, he loves history. So we talk about history literally for hours. Um, and, and that's what we do play video games. And when we're doing that, that's a reward, you know, because that's something he's going to remember. Like connection. Absolutely. Yeah. I like it. And, um, I like it. That's awesome. And, uh, what'd you learn in the process? Uh, you know, going through all these ups, downs, turmoils, highs, lows, what'd you learn? process uh the i think we live in a uh society now that um wants instant gratification uh they want instant results and i think that's mostly because of how much technology has advanced just from when all of us were in high school like technology looked a lot different tension spans you know and like the biggest thing like i i I would tell people something that i learned is that hey shit is going to happen adversity is going to hit you. You know, there's a lot of things that's going to happen in life, but it's not going to kill you. It's it's really not going to kill you. You're going to be fine. Um, Just keep moving forward and learn from whatever happens. I like it. I like it. Just keep moving forward. All right. And uh, the last question is, is, what advice do you have uh, to the viewers out there? We have a lot of young viewers and stuff. What advice do you have? Um, the, the biggest thing I can tell you is find, find what you're passionate about. Um, don't worry so much about what everybody else wants you to be. What the fuck do you want to be? That's my biggest question to you. If I'm looking in this camera yes. right now and I'm looking directly into your eyes, what do you want to be? What, what, what is something that lights you on fire? You know, um, you may be one of, you may want to be a freaking uh, mechanic. You may want to be whatever the case may be. You may want to be a photographer, a videographer. Triple down on that. Put all your knowledge, all your time and all your energy, you know, minus from when you're spending time with your family, but all your available time into that and triple down on it and fucking execute. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Find your passion. So awesome. So uh, we're just about out of time for, for today, but awesome. But thank you very much for your time, Edwin, today. It was no awesome. It was thank you all for having me. Once again, and, uh, rock. You really do, man. Once again, I'm gonna go ahead and put this link right here. Uh, if anybody's looking for photography, videography, um, you know, 
Uh, here's uh, Kodak Dad's contact information. Uh, you yeah. Kodak Dad pop popping up. And, uh, you know, he can hook you up. Scott, Absolutely. where can, for the viewers, where can they find us if they want to? So right now I have created uh, a YouTube I haven't uploaded yet. I believe I'm going to use this one as the first one. It's transition from Kenny Smooth Shoes to actually do it. Thank God it's Monday. Across the board, that name's pretty much taken. That's, uh, I, honestly, that's understood. It's a pretty common used thing, I mean, uh, phrase. So what I did was I put thank God. I, I still spelled it up, thank God it's Monday. Uh, but instead of G and God, I used a six. Okay. So for uh, YouTube, you type in, I believe it's thank God it's Monday. I'll put it in the uh, description uh, when, once everything is uh, uploaded.